0: ladies and gentlemen boys and girls your uh, your weekly dose of craft beer coronavirus uh brewcasting is uh, is here this is um this is the first week that wasn't already like recorded before all of this chaos and pre-planned and all of that so this is the first time we're really kind of um just jumping in and trying to figure this out in the middle of a a, a show we had another show planned this week and uh it didn't happen because everybody's scrambling around trying to figure out um what the hell they're doing um all of us are trying to figure that out. So, um, Craft Beer Joe, very graciously, graciously last minute, um, I texted you this morning and said, Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Decided to, uh, to jump on with me and just uh, chat a little bit about what's going on. This may be a shorter show than normal. I don't know. I've, we really don't know where it's going to go. So, Joe, welcome back to the show. It's been a little while.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And much like a lot of people, I didn't have a whole lot going on today. So <laughs> jumping on the podcast just seemed to make a lot
0: of sense. Yeah. We, uh, this weekend we decided yesterday that we were going to try to camp out in the backyard, me and the baby gnome. I guess she's not really baby gnome anymore, the kid gnome. And, um, that made it all through the day. We were outside, we set up the tent and we made a fire and we were having so much fun. And then we got, she got in her sleeping bag and was just getting ready to go to sleep. And she said, daddy, I don't really want to sleep outside. <laughs> I'm like all right, let's carry all your stuff back inside, which might have been smart because it rained last night. So, um the the tent that I set up was like, I don't know, 25 years old, so who knows what would have happened otherwise. <laughs>
1: Well, it's better that you experience that in your own backyard than driving hours away and she's then determining she didn't want to camp.
0: She's gone camping with us before. It's always it's been with the, th- the three of us going, so like mom was there in the tent too, um, oh, okay. and she's she loves that. So I don't know if it's the combination of being in the backyard and being able to see the house right there, like I can go right in there, <laughs> or the fact that mom wasn't out there with us. Who knows? Who knows? It's a you know three year olds. You can't really predict them not um, at all. No. It is, uh, mid afternoon, which is weird for me for doing a brewcast. Normally I'm doing them in the evenings. Um, so this is strange. Are you drinking already? Have you cracked into one yet?
1: Um, you know, we've been doing some, uh, house cleaning, some house projects and, uh, about an hour ago we decided, uh, my wife and I decided to open a beer and, and start early today. So yeah, yeah, we've uh, started <laughs> early and I went ahead and grabbed a few things out of my beer fridge. Uh, to, uh, from
0: the beer fridge. I uh I drank um one quick one at lunch. Uh, the very last uh grain works that uh Luke, I'm your logger, is that what they call Luke Luke, I'm your logger, something like that. That they're they're um, dark lager. Um, I drank that with my lunch, but I'm getting ready to dive into some other stuff too. What do you have?
1: Yeah. So, what I've got is the new one from Geist, the Cloud Harvest 01 or 01, whatever they're calling that one Their Unfiltered Juicy IPA.
0: It's got another name, too, uh, Moku Nui or something. The... Yeah, yeah, there is some interesting stuff, actually, on untapped. What do they refer to it on there?
1: Yeah, M- Moku Nui? I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't think that's English. It's,
0: but... I think it's a Polynesian or something, some kind of Hawaiian thing. Yeah. Um... You know what? Hang on, just a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna grab one too. I was gonna dive into yeah. this. Uh, Are you pricklish? But we might as well drink the same thing. Yeah, yeah. that's Hang in priceless. there for a second.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so while he's grabbing that, um, yeah, it's one of their new unfiltered juicy IPAs. And from what I understand, is this is going to be a whole series. So again, if this is the zero one, this is the first one, um, and they're claiming notes of coconut pineapple, and creamsicle in this.
0: All right. I have to run to the other beer fridge. Hang on. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I had it in here. I don't.
1: The gnome is a lucky person. He's got multiple beer fridges. I don't know how many people can claim that. But, uh that's a good life. Right. I was just saying you're pretty uh, fortunate. That you have multiple beer
0: fridges that's, it's It's that's fortunate, kind of... but it makes it hard in an instant like this. I should have a fridge just right next to me here in the studio, but um no, they have several beer fridges for different purposes. um I have had this one, and I really actually enjoyed it. I'm not I've talked about it on the show before, but I'm not a huge new england i p a fan typically, but this they're not calling this New England. No,
1: and and it's really interesting because I feel like the whole New England, hazy, whatever you want to call it, has gone through this like transformation over the last year or so. It started out that they were very heavy, very cloudy, only citrus flavors or pineapple or tropical. Um, And they've kind of backed off that a little bit. They're not as heavy. They're not as like murky as they used to be. You don't get all that stuff kind of floating in them. It's just kind of a slight haze and a lot of a juicy profile. And I think this is kind of I don't know, kind of where we've gotten to with the whole New England or whatever you want to call it. They're finally,
0: they're finally growing up, I guess, and becoming an actual beer style instead of I like think this so. thing that everybody's trying to figure out.
1: Yeah, and... It's becoming a style that's more shelf-stable as well, because a lot of people like Rheingeist and the bigger breweries really didn't want to play the game and get into the market with having to do a new release every week or two. They want to make a beer that they can mass-produce and put on shelves, and this is a this is a really good example of that.
0: It's still – something definitely still settles in the can, so I don't know if you can see this on the camera, but I poured a little bit and then let it sit, and then poured the very last of it, and you can see that cloud of haze kind of settling into it now. <laughs> there is something about that I'm,
1: I'm not sure how that works but uh I mean, it's i'm a sure, good it's, one. I'm sure it's just it's some really... kind of
0: hot protein or something it's it's an unfiltered ipa so you should probably um i don't know not shake the can up but give the can a little bit of a jostle before you pour it or like i typically do um, pour it out and then that last little bit that's in the can give it a little swirl and then dump that in there which again it gives you that cloud that kind of settles in there <laughs> i really like Thanks. this beer
1: Yeah, I thought they really nailed it. I mean, it's funny because, you know, beer fans in Cincinnati really have given Ryan Geist a hard time for years for being overly focused on IPA and pale ales. And then they release something like this. and You're like, my gosh, this is so good. Like, I can't fault you for focusing on what you're so good at. And they do so much more than just IPAs now. (laughs) Um But even when they do release an IPA, you know it's just going to be top-quality
0: stuff. Well, yeah, the other one that I grabbed, just in case I drink this one too quickly, is um, Nitro Luck. Complete other end of the spectrum. Um, Mm -hmm. Dry Irish Stout, Nitro. Uh, They're not just an IPA brewery, but when they make IPAs, they're really good IPAs. They definitely know what they're doing. This one definitely tastes tropical. The coconut note is uh is crazy to me because I don't know where that's coming from. I mean it has to just be coming from a hop. Um, but there's definitely a lot of coconut going on there. Um this has Sabro, Idaho Seven and Cascade hops. Um, I guess the Sabro maybe is a uh, That one yeah that one makes sense kind of to coconut. Me. It's um it's really good. This is if, if we had a day like we had yesterday where it was sunny and 70 degrees outside, it would be the perfect beer to sit outside and drink today. Um, it's not quite that way. But... <laughs> so no, this it, is... the no,
1: is... is what gives it the coconut. And again, this is what, six and a half percent or so. So it is. You can have a few of them. Uh, it's light. It's not heavy, but big, big flavor.
0: And this is going to be part of um, a year round series that they do of rotating uh, unfiltered juicy IPAs not New England IPAs not a, it's unfiltered juicy IPA so I kind of like that they 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 don't try to jump on this thing where um, you know the New England has its own kind of stigma that goes along with it of what that beer is and what that flavor profile is and they mm-hmm. come straight out of it and like that, they might not all be that they might be their own kind of thing and I really appreciate that and like that it gets me more likely to buy it than other things
1: yeah, sure. very
0: similar to um, Midwest Haze from uh, from um, Sonder, which I've been drinking a lot of this weekend, and um, it's, you know, it's not a New England, it's just an unfiltered, I don't know if they call it a juicy pale ale or something, it's just unfiltered pale ale, though, but it's very New England-like, but at the same time has its own personality to it. Mm-hmm. So we got to talk coronavirus because that is um, definitely the only thing that is happening in local beer right now. It's normally there's some kind of events or things that are going on week to week, and that's not the case right now. Everything. Well, I shouldn't say everything has come to a standstill because it's not, which is fascinating in itself watching. But um, everybody's still trying to keep this machine of owning a brewery and operating a brewery working while you can't have people in the tap room, which is fascinating because that's the whole point of a tap room is to have people there and give them that space. Um, what kind of things have you seen that have surprised you or um, shocked you kind of either way of places that are trying to do something different or places that, that, that have just said, you know what, we can't do this. We're closing our doors until this is over with.
1: Yeah, I mean, the whole situation is so interesting because one of the things that has allowed craft beer to really thrive in our area was years ago the idea of the tap room even being legal, right? Mm. Back when like Rivertown and Mount Carmel and all these places opened up initially, you had to be distribution focused because that's what was your only option. Tap rooms didn't exist. And and now we have all these breweries that have are a tap room first model for how they operate their business they count on that revenue and that has just been ripped out from underneath of them again temporarily but ripped out so uh, it's been really fun to watch how people can move very quickly when they need to and really alter everything they do to stay alive and I, and I think that's what we're seeing you mentioned Sonder I think they're one of many in the area that have adopted this idea of okay what does it look like to now deliver beer and that sounds insane, right? To have yeah. a beer delivered to your yeah, house? Like yeah. is that it how's awesome? That? Like when did that yeah. <laughs> like that's not a thing. Like we were told for years, like, you know, there's no way this would ever happen. Like this can't happen. And yet they're doing it right now.
0: And and very quickly too. I mean, in the case of, of Fibonacci, I think was the first locally to to do it when all this happened. And it was like a day. Like and that like that next or no, they even started it they started it before the uh, before everything was shut down on that Sunday, they started it like that week before um, and because they'd always kind of been playing with the idea in their head. And then all of a sudden, everybody was like, oh, crap, we, we do need to do something. And it's it's been like it's I don't want to say it's been nice because I it's not nice and i like i i'm going nuts not being able to sit down in a tap room right now but like this weekend you know we're trying not to leave the house we've got a baby due in like four weeks and mm-hmm. the doctor was pretty clear that if either one of us gets sick we're not going to be around that baby for a very long time and that's messed yeah. up and terrifying so we've been trying not to um, be around people as much as possible I can just get beer to just show up on my doorstep and not have to worry about going and one pickup and carry out, which is still awesome too in its own way. But, um, you know, yesterday we were camping in the backyard and I just got on my phone and, uh, you know, an hour later there was a Sonder <laughs> delivery on my, uh, on my doorstep. And that's, uh, that's fun. And that's, that, that changes kind of this idea of how you can enjoy beer and where you can enjoy beer and, and what that, that whole picture means. And, it's gonna be really interesting to see how much of that goes back to normal after all this is over, or how much of it just kinda of becomes part of the new normal. Uh, much like the uh the, the the Dora stuff that goes on in a couple different uh places around town where you can walk mm-hmm. around with a beer and that was crazy when that happened, and then now it's starting to become normal. Like it's uh it's fun.
1: Yeah. I I mean, businesses are forced, if they're gonna stay alive, to adapt and oh. evolve. And they've had to, like, even think of things they never would have thought. Like, even if they considered delivery, they never thought of, like, con- uh, contactless delivery. Right. They never thought of what it meant to be safe in this type of environment, even if they thought of these things in the in the past. And it keeps evolving. Like, what they are doing now may not be okay next week. So they have to keep changing the rules and changing how they do it. And, and they've moved quickly. And I'm excited to see, like you're saying, what, of, what are they learning right now that they can – adapt and move into their normal business versus what are things that honestly might need to just go back and and never (laughs) be seen again because maybe they're not good for the overall industry.
0: Even like this idea of getting onto the website of a brewery and ordering on there and paying on there and having it ready to go in the tap room when you come pick it up or a drive through window in the case of like Fibonacci or something. Those those times where you just want to run in and grab your beer and go or for special release stuff make it a whole other thing drive that traffic to your website or drive it here drive it there depending on what you're doing and where you want to do it it's it's going to be it's going to be cool when all this is over to see how people use that the downside of that is not everybody's going to make it through this i uh, i wish i'd saved the article so i could look at it but i was looking at something about the overall numbers of what happened um in the last few weeks and number one how much more booze we're drinking because we're all drinking a lot <laughs> And then, number two, the amount of restaurant and bar jobs that were lost literally overnight, and then how many, how many, how many places that are still fighting through this that said, you know what, it's not going to happen in April. You know, and then, you know, midway through April, we have to shut our doors if this keeps going. We're done, and that's that's the thing that's crazy to me is seeing how thin those margins that people are operating on. And that it, it, there are places that are not going to make it through this and probably a lot of places that people love or don't think about places that you don't think are running on that close of a margin are. And there's going to be places, not necessarily just breweries, but there are going to be places that shut down that in your head are very successful that just didn't have that um, that wide margin to operate on. No,
1: I think that'll be the sad part in. And- Uh, Business is hard, and small business is even harder. Uh, The bar, restaurant industry, I've always been told, has the most closures of any other industry out there. It's just a tough business. Um, They're always operating on small margins. And a lot of their staff, it's paid via tip as well, so I mean it becomes this this cycle and this scenario where there are there's going to be some some loss here and it's going to be unfortunate. Um, hopefully, the ones that stick around and can make it come out stronger, uh, but I, I do worry which ones don't have the the lasting power to to go. I mean, because this could be another thirty to forty five days. Yeah at this point
0: well and even even when things go back to people being able to open their doors how does the consumer change through this like how long until people till people go back to normal in the in their own kind of habits of you know when this that first day that people like we think it's okay we're going to open the bars and people are i don't really want (laughs) to risk that right now like we're we're doing fine like like this maybe we can get toilet paper again but you know um (laughs) habits are going to change a lot. Um, when you go into a bar or a restaurant, are the tables going to be as close together as they used to be? Are people going to shy away from sitting at the bar versus sitting at a table just with the people they walked in with? Like Little things that we're not even anticipating yet are going to be very different. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, socially, are we going to want to be as close to people as we used to be? I mean, you would go to a tap room or whatever to be with people, uh, whether you were meeting people there or hoping to meet, you know, a, a new friend there, whatever it was, uh, You go to the grocery store. Will standing six feet apart in line be the new normal? Will we ever go back? Right. I don't, we know any of those answers right now. And, uh, The tap room doesn't survive if it is in a social environment. I mean, people don't go there to sit in the corner and drink by themselves, right? By themselves. There's some days I do
0: that. (laughs) (laughs) Depends on how bad things work. It depends on the day. (laughs) It's it's interesting, the places, you know, you look at locally. you mentioned, you know, Rivertown and Mount Carmel and places like that that existed in this world pre-taproom, yet they've had to... Like they've had to fight in in their own model of shifting that and becoming this taproom-first model. You know, Mount Carmel is the good example for me, a place that was very distribution-forward from day one before anybody else was even here in town and had you know, a, a slow go kind of making that shift and doing it the right way and putting a lot of money into it to make it that happen. And I think as, as soon as that happens, as soon as they get this carriage house built, this beautiful restaurant and this place that you go... It's like all of a sudden, like, never mind, you know, close the doors and you've got to you got to do something different. And it's just it, it's it's heartbreaking to watch and scary to watch. And I can only imagine from their perspective, it's uh, frustrating. It's probably not even close to the word to use. But
1: Yeah. Well, in a place like that, they put in a kitchen. They have all of those types of resources there that are not being utilized at this point. I'm assuming they might be doing carry out. They food, were. But- they shut it down. Yeah, but I mean, but even because uh, they knew they couldn't do it on the scale that they yeah. needed to to justify it. So, what does that look like? I mean, all these breweries that are doing delivery or Mad Tree, you know, driving around with the beer truck and doing, you know, they're one of the first ones really kind of promote it. It was almost like an ice cream truck, but with beer. Yeah. That's not replacing their taproom sales. No. That is not living up to the <laughs> no. revenue numbers that they're used to seeing. So that is just a stopgap at this point to try to stop the bleeding, try to keep their brand going, try to keep their customers happy and keep the revenue coming in the door Um I don't think that can really i don't think many of these companies can survive more than maybe thirty or forty five days on this, it's, even the really really good ones
0: you you know you have to look at these these big pictures now and like you don't have to but you know when you're trying to to get a grasp on on where people are you're looking at these things that you didn't used to think about, like how much debt a company has taken on, you know, who's, who recently expanded and is, you know, now have all this new capacity that they're trying to fit into and aren't because of all of this happening, you know, these things that, um, it's, it's, it's nuts that we've even, this industry that we, you know, and everybody said that the, the, the bubble is going to burst and nobody thought that this is, the bubble that we'd see bursting is this this virus but um for instance uh anybody that listens to saunder story and i'm not sponsored by saunder for the record i'm just talking about <laughs> them a lot this week i've had a lot of their beer this weekend um they were talking on their podcast saunder stories how you know literally weeks before all this happened they were planning out new tanks and we're getting ready to put in a, a big expansion of, of tank space and hadn't done it yet and Thank God, or you know, Urban Artifact just talked um, earlier this year about, or late last—I don't know when they posted about it—but um, they're contract brewing with um, Spyglass and some of the other kind of core kind of brands that they have. Instead of putting in, you know, a bunch of new tanks and expanding that way and taking on a bunch of debt, and again, thank God, you know, yep. some there's some other places around town that are um, doing some contract stuff that they haven't really talked about it yet, and maybe they pulled back on that now after all of this but again thank god you know decisions like that that you just didn't anticipate that it would how how much of an effect it could have had on what this looked like today it's a uh, you can't predict these things
1: no not at all and i and i think you're absolutely right i did listen to that uh, podcast by Sonder, and yeah you know, the story with Urban Artifact doing contract brewing and uh, they're dodging bullets right now and, and I mean I know they're thankful and they're feeling very blessed that they found themselves in a good position there that they weren't taking on more debt because um, I mean we we talk about the beer all the time but the business side of it is really really interesting and and how craft beer has grown and selling a six pack is not very profitable can compared to selling six pints right. in their tap room, right? It's not even close. It's not even <laughs> in the same world as far as profitability. They make a lot of money off that beer that they get to serve you over the bar. But that's what makes it great. That's why they can invest in having great tap rooms. So all of them selling packaged beer right now is not as profitable. Uh, they're not going through the volume. Um, hopefully, they're going through enough volume that their beer isn't sitting and they have to get rid of it either. That would be even worse on some of these companies to have to dump barrels and barrels of beer because they can't sell through it.
0: Well, yeah, not because the beer is is bad, just because they made too much of it. Because, again, you couldn't have predicted this, and so they didn't predict this. I mean, we've seen, you know, you have got places like Braxton that are marking down Tropic Flare to a dollar can and things like that just to get it moving because... They're not going to sell the volume that they would have otherwise, and they know that. And, you know, you don't want to have pallets and pallets of a New England IPA sitting in your taproom for, you know, three months or whatever it is, however long this this happens. And um, that has to hurt. I mean, it does hurt. Now, at the same time, it's interesting when you start doing the math on it. um, Does a brewery make the same amount of money selling a can of beer? In their tap room for a dollar, as they would have if they sold that same can through their distributor in a store. That's a whole interesting thing, and I bet there's some distributors that are a little <laughs> mad right now.
1: <laughs> it, that was that's one of the things I thought about early on, and I know a few breweries have acknowledged it. That doing the delivery stuff and all that's great for them right now, but they know. They are potentially hurting retail, right? Yeah. Which they count on their distributors, they count on their retail partners, their bottle shops to help push their packaged product, and they're not trying to hurt their business right now. But I think it has to be like you said, like you could have driven to Jungle Gyms yesterday to buy beer or any other bottle shop. Right. You didn't. You ordered beer delivered from Sonder. so you cut out the distributor and the retailer from their profit along the way. Uh, so you're helping Sonder out a lot, but. There are other people getting hurt. So it's like no matter how you handle this right now, people are getting hurt. Um, I think everyone's just trying to minimize the amount of hurt that they feel.
0: And that's, you know, who's going to get hit the hardest by all of this happening? Is it the breweries? Because I feel like the brewers are getting a lot of, not that it's not going to hurt, but they're, they're getting a lot of support from this community. The retailers, most of the most of the retailers or you're talking, you mentioned Jungle Gems or you know Kroger, whoever it is, people are still going to that store and buying something, buying a lot of those things as, as it's been. Um, it's these little bottle shops and the distributors and stuff like that. They're going to be taking a huge hit out of all of this. And you talk local distributors. We've got Adina here in town. Yeah, they've got to be hurting. Like this has to be um, terrifying a newer company um not a lot of uh not a lot of that that big um volume rolling through what they're doing a little bit hurts a lot you know <laughs> and they uh yeah. it, 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 they can't absorb these big swings that some of the other guys might be able to um that, that goes for the the smaller bottle shops too i i worry about the bcs and the, the higher gravity and stuff like that it's a uh, it's it's scary. It is a really scary time to think about what this looks like, especially if it stretches out beyond um, a month or so, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, because if you used to go to BCs or Higher Gravity to buy your beer, uh, and you love going there, their selection and the people there are knowledgeable, all all everything you're looking for, right? But right now you're trying to minimize how many times you go mm. out and how many people you get in contact with. So you know, maybe while you're at the grocery store, you pick up a few six packs of whatever on the shelf, so you don't have to go to Higher Gravity. Um, I can only really imagine they're they're hurting pretty bad right
0: now. Yeah, well, and BCs very quickly right off the bat just closed they said that they're not going to try to do the carry out thing and um as far as i know i haven't looked again but um as far as i know that they're just not open at all right now there's nothing nothing coming in nothing going out and that i don't know how long you can keep that up before all of a sudden it's like what, what are we doing here how long are we just going to sit on on this inventory that we've got that's a whole other thing. what do you do with that <laughs> you know yeah. and then um still be able to get that machine rolling again when uh when it's all said and done. yeah, I'm looking it yep. up right now to see if there's anything new about them. Yeah,
1: because <clears you, throat> like a place like that, higher gravity BCs are really interesting because uh, they do carry out obviously, but they have beer on site. Where, you know, They've got a bar. Um, and I, I can only think that that was a big portion of what they were doing is having people come in, having a pint or two, and then grabbing stuff for carry out. They don't have to go there for their carry out
0: anymore. Right. Uh, yeah i I don't see anything about them, yeah, lots of cancelled events um that's it um it's been neat to watch places that are still open, trying to figure out ways to connect with their their customer base or with this community, you know, you see lots of the virtual happy hours and stuff like that that people are doing. Lots of um, Bierkus has been really great about doing like live concerts from the tap room. They'll just set up a camera and a band will come in and just play in this big empty tap room, and well, and then Paul's running around, you know, doing whatever he does, and somebody doing a circus act or something. But um, trying to find ways to still maintain some kind of normalcy and some kind of connection and there are some places like that that are doing it really well and there's other places that just aren't doing anything. And I think that that that's also going to be, you're going to see an effect that that has once things go back to normal and people are trying to turn it all back on again. Um, the, if mm-hmm. you're one of those places that is connecting well, you're going to get people to come in that tap room day one and you're gonna have a big party and it's going to be fun. Those places that yeah. maybe are quieter, um, it's going to take a little while to get things back to where they were, you know?
1: It, it will. And it's been interesting and I haven't made a list and I haven't really thought too much about it. Um, but like what breweries are you seeing that are really engaged? Because we said Saunder a few times, I think West side's really West side's engaged right great. now. Um, I think Braxton's done a good job staying open. Madtree's doing a great job. Uh, but like on the flip side, we're drinking Rangice. Rangice pretty quickly said, nope, tap room's closed. Cause they know their distribution is strong enough to probably carry them through this right? right they just have to keep beer at all the grocery stores and they'll probably be fine and that's not a slam on them that's just kind of how they're set up right they can weather the storm probably without their tap room um which other breweries do you have you noticed have been really really engaged
0: right now um i, I mentioned beer kiss has been doing a great job staying engaged he's you know they're very Engaging, I guess, with some of the things they do. Anyways, um, let me pull up a list real quick. Make sure I don't leave anything out here. Let me just roll through. Um, obviously, tree has been doing really great, staying on social media and uh, and doing stuff. Um, April Fools, I was happy to see Madri and uh, and Taffs. Was it Tass? Yeah. Still um, putting out some uh some, some content for April Fools even in the middle uh, of all of this.
1: Lister, Listerman did one as well. Didn't they do the uh, the salad one or whatever that oh, was? Oh, That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did uh, <laughs> the forty seven percent ABV salad liner or no, whatever.
0: It was um, uh, broccoli and cheese. <laughs>
1: broccoli and cheese.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which I would definitely try. Um I try. Alexandria has done pretty good kind of keeping people up to date on what's going on trying to give people kind of a a look behind the scenes a little bit of how things are going. Uh, Just rolling through here. Darkness was doing fantastic. And then just the other day, so they're shutting down their tap room for the time being. Uh, 50 West has been doing Okay. I would, I would like to see them a little more active on social media and doing some stuff. Um. Yeah, looking through this, it's depressing at some of these places. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Like I haven't even thought <laughs> about them through all of this because they're yeah. not in that front and center kind of thing. That's and that's concerning to me.
1: Well, it's tough. I mean, uh, you mentioned Fibonacci with their drive through. Um, they're kind of set up, kind of cool because they have a drive through. <laughs> Most breweries don't have drive throughs, yeah. so it was uh, fun that they were able to take advantage of that.
0: Listerman. Uh, the, you, I know you mentioned Listerman, but um, they did a, uh, a collaboration brew in the middle of all of this w- with uh, with microphone where yeah. um, each brewery had cardboard cutouts of each other in the in the brewery during the brew and they are collaborating on a beer. So I'm assuming they just both brewed the beer on their own systems. But again, that's one of those things that kind of kicks it up to that next little thing and gets people to notice and you're doing something different and you're 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 trying to stay active in this thing that you do, which isn't easy.
1: And and I think there are moments that we need to kind of embrace like that because they had a plan to do a collaboration and they didn't stop. They went ahead and did it. Yeah. And I think that should give everyone hope that things are going to return to normal. That beard's going to be released. Hopefully, you know, after this is all over, I don't know when they plan to release it, but they didn't slow down. Right. They didn't stop what they're doing. And, and, but a lot of people are, and I think that's kind of the scary thing is some people that have been forced to stop versus other ones that are trying to find a way to kind of go forward, right. be hopeful that this will end in, I don't know, in May or June or <laughs> whenever this gets back to <laughs> <Whatever>. the normal. <laughs> I,
0: you know, it's it's funny for Well, I mean, again, not funny, but, you know, I like I said, we've got a baby due in early May. My life was going to be very uh, socially distant at that point anyway. So, like, it, it's... <laughs> on one hand it's like okay i've got this other little bubble after all of this in theory after all of this kind of starts going back to normal that i can still buffer out and be separate from people but um i didn't anticipate that my last month before this baby was here that i wouldn't be able to go sit in tap rooms every day and try to kind of get my fix before i get this this socially distant chaos and uh you know surprise (laughs) it's uh um i i hope that uh that everybody can find ways to um to use all of this to their advantage and to turn their business and what they do into something that's better and stronger um but i just i know that that's not going to be the case for everybody and that that's what i keep going back to and like trying to find ways to uh Support people somehow And then how do you split your time and your money Between all of these places that you uh, You really do love And enjoy and Want to patronize as much as you can And you can't Do it all and that's what's uh, That's what's so crazy about all of this And so, so depressing about all of this Is like I can't I can't go run, swing by Great Crescent, and get some takeout. You know, because I can't do it. Like it's just too far. It's you know, the whole different state. Technically, I don't think I'm legally supposed to travel (laughs) over there. I don't know how that works. You know, like it's, um, it uh, it's depressing. I guess.
1: Well, and, and even the breweries that are doing a good job with the delivery, carry out, staying engaged, they probably still have laid people off. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know what I'm saying? So even those, they're just finding a way to get by. Other ones have laid the entire staff off. Um, and like you were saying, it's hard to kind of predict what, to, it's hard to determine what to do on your own because a lot of people are kind of nervous and they're not spending in the same way that they used to because they they're unsure. Maybe they were laid off, you know, as well. Um, And I, and I, as much as possible, I think it's always good for you know if if you are working, if your life hasn't been completely disrupted, to try to do the things that are normal for you, even though we are staying at home, um, supporting the same businesses that you would have supported otherwise, and right. and doing a lot of the same activities. Because I truly believe we all have a responsibility to do something to help everything move forward, both socially, economically, whatever it might be. We we have a responsibility there if we all just hold tight and don't buy any beer it's only going to hurt the breweries even more Um, like you said earlier though I do worry that maybe there may be a little too much over consuming happening (laughs) just because people are like I'm stuck at home what else am I going to do
0: I've bought more Um, beer in the last couple weeks than I have in a long time And like, and I, I noticed like yesterday I was when I, when I put in that Sonder order, I was like, Oh, I don't really need beer. I'm going to put something in. So I went and kind of looked and to see what I had and what I didn't have as far as styles. I'm like, Oh, I, I am a little lower than normal on beer volume in this house. I'm like, how much am I drinking? And I'm like, well, you know, instead of, you know, when I get home from work, you know, cracking open a beer and it's, you know, seven o'clock before I actually crack open a beer, I'm getting off work at, you know, at 4.15 now, and I'm right here. <laughs> like I'm, When I'm getting <laughs> off work, I'm already home, and I'm already down here in my office, which is right across from the bar. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> I can open a beer before I get upstairs, so I'm already into one beer before, you know, I'm even getting back into that family life. So, yeah, like, there's, you know, most nights I'm drinking a few beers now instead of, like, one, and then let alone the weekends where we're not going anywhere. We're just mm-hmm. at home. I don't have to drive anywhere. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely drinking more than normal. <laughs> yeah.
1: So hopefully uh, we don't have people coming out of this scenario with uh, some really bad habits. But <laughs> right. but hopefully uh, our our good habits of drinking are supporting the breweries that we care the most about right now.
0: Oh, I'm going to dive into another beer here. I'm going to dive into this, uh, this uh, nitro luck. This always weirds me out because they want you to shake the can up before you open it because of the nitro. Um, yeah. And I'm always afraid that it's going to explode all over the place. And it, it doesn't. But
1: So what's your take on nitro beers in general? Because I like most of them. But every once in a while I get one where I feel like the nitro took all the fun out of the beer. Like it has a creaminess. It has a texture that's good. But lacking the carbonation in the beer just kind of doesn't make it as fun for me.
0: It depends on the beer style for me a lot. It has to be a beer that I think was um, planned for nitro. There are a lot of beers that they just kind of throw on nitro for shits and giggles instead of in a beer that was, that was made to be a nitro beer and um, nitro luck is uh, obviously dry Irish stout. Think Guinness. Guinness is a nitro beer. It, it's, it's built to be that um, versus, you know, a lot of the, uh, the nitro ipas i still don't get that stuff like that it just mutes too much of the uh too much of the character of the beer and and not just the uh the hops fading with with nitro or whatever but the actual carbonation in beer provides this other thing like there's like a there there's a, a flavor almost that carbonation lends to it that uh, yeah. you lose with nitro but Overall, I don't mind um, the idea of nitro. It just has to be a beer that can stand up to it.
1: Yeah, and I feel sense? like the package versions have come a long way. Um, a lot more brewers are doing it. I tend to, tend to like them, especially if they are something like a simple stout, a dry Irish stout is a great example. Um, I've had a few nitro IPAs that I thought were, were good, but never better than if they were just carbonated.
0: Right. Um, I, there's not a lot of like nitro IPAs that are just that though, there is always that carbonated version. And so I wonder if somebody made a nitro IPA and just said, this is it. Like you can't get any other version of this. This is just designed to be nitro. If like, I could kind of ignore it and be like, well, this is just what it is. I don't know what I'm missing, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And even if they took like, I mean, coffee IPAs are pretty rare as well, but like a nitro coffee IPA that might work. I don't know. Um, but typically, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of nitro. You don't see a lot of it around. I, I feel like it kind of comes in waves every yeah. once in while. You see a bunch, and then you kind of see it fade away.
0: I was a little disappointed. So when um, uh, Rivertown, I think, was the first place locally to, to can nitro beers, and mm-hmm. they did um, Robling, obviously, but then they also did that uh, um, the Pineapple Whip, um, which I think it was just called... Pineapple whip or something like that, um, and when I had that, it was disappointing compared to the, even the nitro version in the tap room. And I think I understand why now because Ryan Geist has done such a great job of teaching you how to drink a canned nitro beer. This idea of shaking up this beer and pouring it really hard and things like that—yes, there was none of that out of out of Rivertown at the time, and so I think that. I gave the beer to service by the way I was drinking it. I, I wasn't shaking stuff up. I wasn't, I poured it pretty hard, but um, let's talk about the science a little bit of, of a nitro beer in a can. So you, everybody's familiar with the little widgets that that Guinness has in the can. And the whole point of that is to get that nitro to re-dissolve into the beer when you open it up, when you don't have the widget and you open up just a can without doing anything. all of that nitro just leaves it doesn't you know it doesn't go back into the beer. it just flies out the top as soon as you open it. So this idea of shaking it up mixes it all back in, and then that pouring hard gets it mm-hmm. all to kind of start to to break out of that solution and give you that creamy head and everything. Um, there's science to it. <laughs> <laughs> there is,
1: and, and it always makes me think, Left Hand, which is not a local brewery, but Left yeah. Hand has been doing nitro beers for years. And the amount of effort that they've put into trying to educate people on nitro beers and that whole idea of pouring it hard. I mean, there are, I'll be honest, there are times I pour some stouts kind of hard because I want a little extra head on them. But that's like kind of a no-no in beer world right. to kind of pour something as hard as that. But they're like, nope, take the bottle, take the can, flip it upside down and just pour as hard as you can. And that helps get everything kind of moving. Um, it seems foreign to people. So it it takes a lot of education.
0: It is. It's, it's a, it's a weird habit to break when you, uh, when you pick up a beer and go to pour it in your glass, you know, uh, to, to really like dump it in there. Like, Oh my God, this is going to overflow all over the place. There's going to be this massive head on top of here. And like with nitro, there's, there's not, it it comes out perfect. Yeah. Um, (laughs) this beer is great. It's, uh, it's dead on for what I want from a a dry Irish stout. You know, I, I'm, I wonder again, um, places that dumped a bunch of, of money into a beer like nitro luck anticipating, you know, St. Patrick's day and things like that. How much of a hit those took. I've seen, um, already I've seen Braxton's, uh, special Saint Tra- Saint Patrick's Day vibe marked down a lot at places <laughs> around town because they dumped a ton into promoting that this year, and then there was just wasn't a Saint Patrick's Day, <laughs> so I'm I'm curious to other things like that that we're going to see that people, uh, be it um, Bengal stuff or red stuff that, you know, there's plenty of you know Jungle Gems. I picked up a bunch of um, Taft's Tall Boys. I can't help but think that those were not supposed to end up down in the stadium instead of being marked down for a dollar yeah. a piece or something yeah. at jungle gyms, you know, it's just, yeah. you know, we're going to yeah. see lots of stuff like that, that people have this huge volume of stuff. They're like, well, shit, this isn't going to go where it was supposed to go. Now we got to figure out how to sell it and how to, how to still make it make sense. And
1: yeah, and you have to think that when all this started happening, St. Patrick's Day, the NCAA
0: tournament, oh,
1: yeah. uh, there was a number of events all in a row that are huge for bars and for tap rooms and, and for kind of the, the beer culture that's out there. And all that was lost. You know, you you can't replace St. Patrick's Day. You know, there are bars that kind of count on that day for a lot of their profit, right? And mm. that was just taken away. And like you said, some people package things special for uh, that time of year. Um, uh, Listerman, I just had a Shamrock Shake recently. Yeah. You know, they're a dry Irish stout. Uh, and it's really good. But they, they do that around St. Patrick's Day. And without St. Patrick's Day, did they sell as much as they normally would? Right. I don't know. They seem to do pretty well shipping their beer when that first ka- came out and came around. But I got to think that still hurt them.
0: It, it, I think it has to hurt. Everybody, St. Patrick's Day is the got to be the biggest drinking day of the well, close to the biggest drinking day of the year. Right. I mean, and it just didn't happen this year. Just, you know, there was no there was no going out and hanging out and drinking. And that was at the beginning of all of this. You yes. know, it's. Yeah. It's, and it's a
1: unique day because it is. It's a holiday, but it's not like a real holiday. So like New Year's Eve is another day where a lot less of drinking and eating and going out happens. Like even if this was happening during New Year's Eve, people still would have celebrated New Year's Eve at home. Right.
0: Right. right. There are many people that just skip St. Patrick's Day. It's like, oh, I can't go out. Who cares? Let's yeah, move <laughs> on. It's not. It isn't necessarily about drinking as much as it is like going out and drinking and like being with a bunch of your friends and being at a bar and you know doing shots and being kind of rowdy and like that's what st patrick's day the the drinking side of it is about in a lot of ways i know that's a whole different argument you can listen to my st patrick's day episode of drinking with the gnome (laughs) where i make a completely different argument but (laughs) you know like that is that is a big part of celebrating the holiday and that just didn't exist and uh Places that, like you said, that 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 hang their hat on that being part of of what they do, you know, Molly Malones or whoever it is, like this had that had to be like the most painful thing in the world <laughs> to that be like, this is our day, and it just doesn't happen now. Yeah.
1: So the next beer that I just opened is Quencher from Fifty West. I've had a few of these, and sitting around the house really isn't what they intended this beer for. <laughs> this is like the active lifestyle beer, right? This is has electrolytes in it it's only 100 calories and i think it's pretty good it's goza like because it kind of has the the salty ale type thing happening all of this makes me wonder how much weight people are going to gain sitting around their house right (laughs) and and if beers like this and the low calorie ipas are really going to take off in the summer when we get back to normal life because because people are going to be worried that they gained 10, 20 pounds (laughs) during Corona. And all of a sudden they're like, yeah, maybe a little calorie IPAs. And that's a whole other quencher from 50 West is maybe what I should be drinking.
0: That's a whole other thing. I didn't even think about that in my head, I keep thinking, Oh, when things go back to normal, everybody's going to just swamp every bar and restaurant and be out drinking and, you know, celebrating that we're, you know, like the end of prohibition and you know, that's what it is in my head. But then it could be the complete opposite. Like you said, it could be like things go back to normal and people are like, Oh my God, like all we did was get takeout and drink a lot. Like we've got (laughs) to stop doing that. We've got to like, we got to get back to like some kind of normal life. Let's go, let's go jogging. (laughs) That could could be the new normal. It's, I don't know what it's going to look like. Um, I have not had quencher. Well, I had, they did like a smaller, I guess, like a, test run of it last summer was it last summer yeah i think so i think the tap and, room i had it in the tap room um mm-hmm. i have not had it since it's been in cans yet it's like watermelon is that right watermelon lime
1: yeah watermelon lime um i get a, a pretty prominent salt profile to it but i'm very sensitive to salt so i kind of notice that in anything
0: i think those, it, it's the electrolytes yeah, right like i think there's some kind of salt component to make electrolytes
1: exactly yep so it's kind of like your Gatorade. Watermelon version of a beer. I mean, it's good. It's very light. Again, it reminds me of a, a goza, like a watermelon lime goza. Four um, percent alcohol, so it's very low. 100 calories. All the stuff that you would probably look for in a healthy lifestyle beer. Um, hopefully, they really push it because I think there is a a lot of people saying that low calorie beers are going to kind of take off. And this is this is different. This isn't just like a watered down beer. It, it tastes like it's supposed to taste.
0: So we. Um... Uh, we we've talked a little bit about the low calorie stuff on the show. Um, how many of them have you tried of these beers that are specifically marketed as low calorie? Uh, just a handful, probably less than a
1: handful, two or three of them, including this one. Uh, And most of them are low calorie IPAs. I don't think I've tried many local though.
0: Have you tried the mad tree, the ramble on? I've not
1: tried that one yet. It's
0: good. I've got, I've been drinking a bunch of that this, uh, this spring. The spring or late winter whatever is happening in the last month or so i've had i've had a, a few of those and i'm I'm really enjoying those um i also had well we had it on the show a few weeks back um in early march um when we did the uh the bcca collectible show with uh beer dave and mm-hmm. uh, and doug growth we um we drank avery's pacer and um deschutes their wowza which are both low calorie kind of IPAs, session IPAs, whatever you call them. And they're okay. Like I, they really don't bother me all that much. I, I just uh, I can't get over the idea of marketing a beer as low calorie. I think that's strange and a weird way to go. But the beers themselves are are. are I haven't had one that I'm like, this is gross.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no. I mean, I think they're good. I think they're hitting at the right time as far as like, okay, people maybe are more sensitive to calories or whatever. But I think it's also happening well in the state of brewing because we've gotten really, really good at getting a lot of hop flavor and aroma in beer. So they can really... What you're lacking from the alcohol content, you're picking up in how they're utilizing the hops. And so I think it kind of says, oh, okay, I really don't notice much different. It's a lighter body of the beer, obviously. Um, but the flavor seems seems about to be on par. Ironically, I feel like the low-calorie IPAs taste better right out of the can then they do pour it into a glass, which is kind of like a faux pas. I always like to pour them into a glass, but right. I've recently <laughs> tried a few just right out of the can. I'm like, I
0: think they're better out of the can. <laughs> I wonder what that is. Um, oh. I I did, on kind of a different um, topic, but um, the non-alcoholic stuff, so that Athletic Brewing Company, I had mm-hmm. two of their beers that um, that somebody gave to me that... Um, just to, to to try and experiment with because I've been curious about it, and I was excited because obviously the wife pregnant. Although everybody says you can drink right now, she won't, and um, she'll yeah. take little sips here and there. But um, I said, "Well, I've got these non alcoholic beers. If you want me to pour you a half a pint, I'll drink the other half so I can try them, and then you can you know sit and pretend you're yeah. drinking a beer." And um, both of those had a very distinct character to them, almost like. Um somebody made a tea out of all of the ingredients of beer if that makes sense it was just yeah. missing that thing that tied it all together which i guess is is alcohol <laughs> and imagine <Better> that <laughs> there is there is some aspect of that in the lower alcohol beers depending on what style it is like like low alcohol i you know ipa a 4% or 3% or something you know something on that lower end there is that aspect of it there where there's something that doesn't it doesn't always hold it together for me like there's uh yeah. it, it's it's sometimes it's missing a little bit of it not that they're all that way not that it's all bad um but there is something about alcohol that it does to tie it all together that you don't always realize when you're drinking you don't necessarily taste alcohol but it's definitely mm-hmm. contributing something to the beer that I, we don't always appreciate
1: <laughs> yeah i've got a few of those let me I'm actually going to run and check. Let, let me see what low calorie beers and non-alcoholic ones I have right now. Cause I do have a few. Let me go check real okay. quick. Yeah. Yeah. Right back.
0: Um, while he is, uh, doing that, we can talk about, uh, some other stuff that's coming for, um, you know, low calorie or, uh, um, active lifestyle IPAs, whatever it is. Um, Ryan Geist still has their, I think it's called mathlete. That's, Um, supposed to be releasing here in the near future and i'm i'm pretty curious to try that one too Um, despite the fact that i think that it's missing a little bit of something without the alcohol or with lower alcohol or whatever it is because that is kind of the thing that defines or what helps create a uh, low calorie beer is lower alcohol if you um you know, if you have a beer that's around four percent or so, it's it's gonna hit that hundred calorie mark that I think everybody aims for. Not that that's all that goes into it, but that is a uh, a huge part of it. Um, so there's there's definitely the 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 binder, I guess, of alcohol is I think what I I go back to. It definitely lends to something, but um, I'm curious to try Rheingeists. Um, I think they said. It was supposed to come in the spring or summer. Um, talking about Guy's Mathlete, their, uh, their low-calorie beer mm. is supposed to be coming, I think, spring or summer or something like that. And I'm curious to try it.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the local people do with the low-calorie. So I've, I've had Terrapin's Recreation Ale, um, which comes in 16-ounce cans. Um, it's an IPA. Perrin has one called low Rise. That's a low-calorie IPA. I've had that one as well. Um, And then non-alcoholic well-being brewing was the one I couldn't remember. Well-being, athletic are probably the two most common. And there's one called hair of the dog, which was interesting as well. Yeah. Um, But there's really, I mean, the low-calorie ones all for me have tasted pretty similar as far as the low calorie ipas and even the non-alcoholics they all kind of have a similar note to them right which tells me there's just not as much room to work so it'll be interesting to see maybe how you know mad tree's version versus reingeist how those compare to each other right um in the end if they are very similar like i'm thinking they they might be or if maybe one of them have found a way to stand out
0: well i I think mad tree has some kind of citrus added to theirs i don't know if it's Yuzu or no. I they have some kind of citrus added to it. Um whereas Mad or uh Reingeist does not, I don't think. I don't think I have notes that I can pull up quickly about there. Um although I can uh, let's see, Rheingeist Mathley. We'll just Google while we talk. See if it shows up, right? Um yeah, just the uh just the press release. Uh we'll look at brew bound since they, uh, da, 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 and da, it, da.
1: it is funny because with some IPA, especially IPAs. They're really proud about what hops are in there. They really promote them. They really push it out there Then other ones. They don't ever tell you, which kind of makes you wonder like what hops are they using that? They're not really telling you that they're not wanting you to focus on what hops are in it. They're wanting you to focus on other elements of the beer.
0: So in the press release, Ryan guy says about theirs, um, Ron Geist will also play in the low-calorie IPA space with the release of Summer Seasonal Mathlete. Uh, And then the quote is, when everyone jumps in the pool all at once, it's hard to tell what the temperature of the water is. (laughs) We see that in the past with Session IPA four or so years ago with Brewed IPA. It was on the tip of everyone's tongue. It was pretty exciting because it was unique and different, and yet we didn't really see much traction in the market. I think it's increasingly challenging, but I think that's part of what we're in for. We're in it for what we're in for. Customers want brands they can trust and go back to because they trust quality and the flavor profile, and also want to try new stuff. Uh, that's all they really say about it. So, um, it's it's a very smart approach of kind of not jumping in quickly. You know, you see some breweries or companies that just we got to be the first to do this and the first to do that. And we got to, you know, quickly, and we got to be right there. And then there's other places like, all right, we're, we're going to let it kind of marinate around a little bit and watch what people like and what people don't like and why they like it. And is this something that has staying power? And then, then we'll make our version of it. And that's what they did with new England IPA. guys didn't jump in right mm-hmm. at the bat. And everybody was asking why, you know, you know, here you are, you're Geist, you're the IPA brewery. People can't see my air quotes, but they were there. <laughs> And yet, once they did start rolling them out, they were damn good beers. And it was like they were just kind of waiting and seeing kind of where that idea went and how they wanted to be part of it or not part of it. And, um, you know, as we can see with the, the Moko Nui, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, where that's become now is, uh, is impressive and it's good. And um, I don't know that you have to wait to do that, but it definitely. Um, gives more value to what that that end product is, I think.
1: No, I think a lot of the the bigger players tend to wait, and I think they wait for the right reasons. Um, Your smaller breweries are always going to be more versatile. They're going to be quicker to to shift with the trends, and they're brewing less beer, so they don't have as as much at risk. When Ryan Geist brews something and puts it in the cans, there's a lot behind it. Um, a lot at risk so they, they're, they're going to be really really slow um, but all these are like this makes me like excited for what's coming next like okay yeah we're kind of stuck right now um, but there are still new beers being made there are still going to be new released beers during this time um, and I think the low calorie thing could be something that could hold tight I don't I don't see a brewery like Rheingeist or maybe some of these other really large ones doing something that they don't feel like at least is going to have at least staying power for a season, right? right? That maybe this is the season the year of low calorie IPAs.
0: It's it's I I hate thinking of the year of low calorie IPAs. <laughs> 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 that makes it sound like you're going to walk into the grocery store and it's going to be just all of these like that. and I, again, not and I that I don't will that but <laughs> not that I don't like them because I I I've enjoyed all of them that I've had, but like I that's just not what I typically want. When I reach in the fridge and I want an IPA, I want an IPA. I want something that has some kind of, some kind of uh, to it, you know, some kind of thing and, um, some, you know, I don't want to say balls to it cause I think you're not supposed to say stuff like that anymore, but some kind of balls to it. Like I want that, 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 that heft behind the beer and, um, the, the low calorie stuff just isn't that it, it almost fits closer in, um, when I'm categorizing it with like a with fruit beers and gozas and some of those lighter kind of summer beers again not that those are bad but it's a whole different category you know if I'm well-
1: it almost fits into the seltzer category. And again, for many reasons, the low calorie, you know, whatever it might be. But Nothing just this fits idea. in that category. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but just this idea that it's not what people think of when they think of craft beer. Craft beer was this big, bold thing. It's high ABV stouts. It's bold, bitter IPAs. It's whatever it might be, right? It was always more flavor, higher quality, right. where when you think low calorie, you're thinking of, well, it's a safer choice. It's a, it's a softer choice. It's something I can maybe have a few more of while I'm grilling out. It's, it, it is the answer to the Seltzer and the Miller Light, the Bud Light. I mean, it really is the answer to that beer.
0: Sure. Uh, that's a- another interesting thing that I haven't thought of in the middle of all of this uh, coronavirus shit. Um, the seltzers. do you think that they are going to take a bigger hit than beer does? Because when you think about when people are drinking seltzers and maybe I'm wrong about this, but in my head it's when you're out at a bar and you want something that you can kind of just drink <laughs> or when you're hanging out with your friends on the boat or at the pool or whatever, like, you know, something that's um, light and refreshing and doesn't have that, that, that heaviness that beer does. I don't think people just drink them, kind of sitting at home on the couch, you know, with their kids smacking them in the back of the head for eight hours, whatever. <laughs> you know, like I, I don't think that that's when people are drinking seltzers. And I, like I said, I could be wrong, but um, I think in the middle of all of this, I don't see reasons to be buying seltzer.
1: Yeah, I don't have any data to back this up, but I would agree with you. Um, again, the seltzer thing is is bizarre. I was at Braxton's New Year's Eve event and. I tell you what, their tap list that night was phenomenal. I mean, yeah. we're talking barrel aged beers from themselves and other great breweries. And I look around, and eighty percent of the people are drinking Vibe. And again, <laughs> great for Braxton, good for those people. But I'm like, I'm not with the people that I should be with. Because <laughs> the, they have Dark Charge on
0: tap. Well, we'll that drink was it. the thing that got me when I was at the uh, it was the the soft opening. You know, blogger perks. We'll uh, throw it out there. I was at the soft opening for the uh, the Barrel House when they opened that tap room. At the soft opening, so this is an invite crowd of people who are here to celebrate the opening of this tap room, And you looked around, and half the people in the room had cans of Vibe in their hand. And, yeah. you know, no judgment if that's what you want to drink, drink it. But it's strange to me. It's really strange to see that in these situations that I'm like, they've got beers here that have been sitting in barrels for years that are phenomenal like things that like these really small releases just like a one little barrel thing that was tucked in a corner somewhere that they didn't even know they had anymore and it's right there on tap and you're drinking mango vive (laughs) it's just just doesn't make sense it's mind-blowing and again not a dig at the product i get it but man mm -hmm. it's just it's mind-blowing
1: but i think to your point i think I agree. I think it's the easy choice when people are out and they maybe in the past they said Bud Light or maybe they said, you know, Braxton, they said Storm. But they really weren't big beer people. Now it's an easy choice. But I think those people sitting at home, I don't know. Are they going towards more like maybe liquors or or wines right now? Yeah, I I wonder that right now.
0: Yeah. I'll be interested to uh, to wait and then, you know, six months or something look and like, go, man, can you do you have a graph of your, you know, <laughs> your sales and you see this this big like dip just for this uh, this little period of time and um, then it goes back to normal or maybe it doesn't go back to normal or maybe it maybe I'm completely off and people are drinking more of it now than ever because I don't know. <laughs> I just it's, it's strange to me. It,
1: it, it is. I mean, it just doesn't fit into the beer world quite as well as um, some people try to make it fit. Uh, but when I go places, I see people drinking it. But again, if I'm sitting around the house during coronavirus, COVID-19, I don't think Vibe or any seltzer is really what I'm going to reach for. Even if I was the person that would have ordered it at a bar, I think now is the time I'm going to experiment and learn how to make some new cocktails or, yeah. you know, I don't know, maybe I open up that bottle of wine. Um, you know, for me, I'm not... Afraid to maybe dive in and o- open up a big stout right now because, like you right. said, I'm not going anywhere. So well, instead of having can, an IPA, well, I'll, I'll have can, a stout.
0: You can drink on it all day too. Like I, I enjoy that. If I know that I'm home on a weekend, I can open up a bomber of something and just drink it all day long. Just you know, little bits at a time. It warms up and then like you know, it'll take me ten hours to get through a bottle, and that's okay because I'm home. You know, exactly. And, um, I haven't even touched a bottle of liquor since I've been in the middle of all of this. Which is not normal for our household. Normally it you know, we, we're equal opportunity drinkers here and um through all of this it's just been beer as far as I can think of. I can't think of a time where I touched anything else and that's that's strange to me and I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's because I'm buying so much beer I have to get through it or what. <laughs> <laughs> um, we will all get through this, guys. Um we'll figure it out and we will go back to some kind of normal. Normal will definitely not look quite the same as it did before but um it will get back there and things will be good and things will um we'll we'll all be drinking shoulder to shoulder again at some point i i firmly believe that this is temporary uh joe thank you very much for uh joining me properly socially distanced (laughs) <laughs> yeah we
1: are miles apart so we're
0: doing a good job right now <laughs> I think it works out good I I hope it sounds good to everybody you're definitely going to hear some more shows like this probably even after all of this virus stuff is over because of baby stuff for me so um, there are definitely going to be some shows like this before I uh, um, get back out into tap rooms once I can get back out into tap rooms and um, yeah hopefully it all works thank you Joe
1: yeah, not a problem. I mean, my last thought is if there's a brewery that you love, continue to support them during this time. Um, do your best. To, uh, again, keep moving things forward. Uh, they're delivering, many of them, so yeah. you don't even have to leave the house. So take and advantage I- of what you can
0: and I've got a full list on the website of what everybody is doing minute to minute in theory as people are changing and that's all evolving. I'm trying to keep it up to date. Um, it's uh, really difficult to do. So if you see something on there that you know is wrong, shoot me a message and I will, uh, I'll get it up to date because yeah, it's hard to keep up with. <laughs> and we, we will be back next week and we'll be back. Um, depending on when you listen to this, uh, tonight, if you're listening to it, when it releases on Monday, every Monday we do a live, uh, a live, uh, thing, a live show that isn't a show on Facebook. Um, so listen to that, subscribe, share, do the thing that you do. And, um, yeah, this is Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft.